So if you want, this is a short, like 10 minute presentation of uh, the core aspects, the bare bones of the financial crisis and what happened. Now, all this um, started a long time before 2008, because 2008, the problem became obvious. But where did it come from? It effectively came from a process that is called securitization. The idea of selling debt. Why would anybody want to sell debt? We've come across these things before. We've talked about them in various settings. We've talked about them to a degree in commercial law as well. Um, selling your debts is a way to get money quickly so then you can use that money to do some other business. For instance, a bank that makes uh, loans for people to buy houses that offers mortgages could wait for these mortgages to be repaid and it's got a steady revenue stream as people are repaying their mortgages. But maybe it would like quickly to get the money that these mortgages, these contracts represent in order to go and invest in something else. So at some point, um, and more prominently from the 90s onwards, people got very much into this idea of taking those debts, selling them on, realizing the money, and moving on with other investments. Now, why would anybody buy them? Say that you've got all those mortgages, right? Why would anybody want to buy your mortgage? Because you sell them at a discount. So the bank has got this mortgage, has got a contract that says it's got a certain value, it's going to be repaid over the next 25 years. I can wait for 25 years to make 100% of that projected profit, or I can sell it now to somebody else for 90% of the value. I get all that cash, I can do a new business, the person that bought it can wait for 25 years, then gets a 10% uh, return on their investment. At the end, everybody wins, right? So all the people did, they started putting these things together, putting the various mortgages together in little packages that contained a whole bunch of them and then sending them on in the market. Because the marketplace exists for these things, these are all tradable documents, right? And you don't have to sell them one by one, you put them in groups. So there would be groups of mortgages, say all the mortgages of a particular type up to a certain value in Hammersmith, and then a whole bunch of mortgages made by X bank in, uh, you know, Chelsea and so on. This proved to be such a great idea that people got these five packages that got created, and then they combined them with other things and they made the new packages and then they sell them on. So very quickly, the people who were buying them, they weren't holding on to them for 25 years. They were putting them in a new package and then sending them on to somebody else who wanted to buy it. So you ended up with packages that contained mortgages from a number of locations. Then you ended up with packages that contained mortgages along with, say, other types of loans, consumer loans, right? Or credit card debts. And then you got all these combined with other things. And this was an ever-expanding process. Whoever would buy them would combine them, combine them with something else and sell them on in the market. And it all seemed like a fantastic idea. And it went wrong. And how did it go wrong? It went wrong in this, um, in this particular way, right? Now, this is how the system works. The basis of this whole system was the housing market. So the whole thing started with uh, mortgages. You would bundle these mortgages, you would sell them on. 
Who would buy them? And after you've combined them with all the other types of debt and you created this big complex problem, who buys them? But it's foreigners mostly, right? China, for instance. China makes all that stuff. It sells them to us. All this generates a lot of revenue, right? They've got all this money. They cannot turn it into the Chinese currency. They don't want to do that. They want to reinvest it in the West so they can keep it in an international currency. So what would they invest in one? Well, they could buy some of those financial products. So Chinese and the developing world sold goods. This is primarily true for the United States, but it works as a global analysis as well. Say China would manufacture all the goods. We would buy the goods, give them a lot of money. They would use that money to buy our financial products. This, finan this money that came back flooded the financial system with money. What did we do with that money? We used the money to buy Chinese products, right? So we buy the stuff, they make money, they lend us back the money by buying our products. We use the money they lend us to buy more stuff. It's great. It's a brilliant idea. Gordon Brown had said, we've abolished boom and bust, right? We have found the perpetual motion machine. But the kind of fluctuations you had in capitalism in the past are all gone. This is going to work forever. They made, we buy, they take our profits, they buy our stuff. We use their money then to lend ourselves more money. We buy more of their products and on it goes. And of course, all this altered abundance of money, it led to an ever increasing uh, housing market. Pro prices kept going up. People kept borrowing more money because the prices were going up. People could remortgage their houses. Right? And they have excess funds with which they bought stuff. Of course, all this very conveniently hit the fact that the real wages were falling because wages were not keeping up with inflation, but nobody cares. Purchasing power was not affected because you could borrow all that money and spend it in buying Chinese stuff. What could possibly go wrong? What went wrong is this. Prices went up and 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 then they went up. And after going up, they went up again. And you ended up in a situation like here, right? That in order to be able to afford some sort of dog house in, uh, in Hammersmith, you know, you need to be a CEO of something. <laughs> so at some point, you know, there's a, there's a ceiling to the expansion. And because prices were going up before, above people's affordability, people starting being a bit loose with their rules. We reached a point in the United States at about 2007 when you would turn up and if you had the pulse, you would get a mortgage. Uh, they sent pre-approved credit cards for people's dogs and cats, right? They would do internet searches, anything that came up with a name, they would send a pre-approved credit card. So, you know, your dog could go shopping. This is a great idea. Um, and they had all these, uh, the, what were things as liars loans, self-certification for a mortgage. You know, some time would like turn up into the state agents and they'd go, I make $6 million a year. And they go, all right, baby, here's your mortgage. They have no recourse mortgage, meaning that if you didn't want to pay your mortgage, you just went back and gave the key and they wouldn't come after you, right? You had all those famous ninja loans. You know, what are the ninja loans? They're not for kung fu experts. 
there uh, no incomes, no jobs, no assets, right? How the needs are loans. So people who had no assets whatsoever, no purchasing power, nothing, they still bought houses to buy mortgages. At some point, this wasn't really sustainable now, was it? So at some point, the market reached uh, a limit. Prices couldn't go up anymore because simply nobody could, nobody wanted to buy anymore. The thing with the package products and the mortgages and all of that stuff that I explained before, also it reached its end because in order to have financial products to sell, you need to have an underlying market. So if people are, are, don't want to buy houses anymore, you don't generate mortgages, you've got nothing to package. You know what people did? They thought after packaging the packages, which they had already done, they started packaging other things. People, for instance, were buying insurance on those loans. So they started making packages out of the insurance that people would buy and then selling, them, selling those onto the market. So this created a sort of, you know, fantastical, surreal um, financial system where all of these financial products were built and they, there was nothing in them. It was all cross-referencing other products that existed someplace else. Nobody knew what's in. So what happened? 2006, 2007, the market begins to falter, right? Prices stopped going up. And because the system was built in such a way, it could only sustain itself if prices were going up. So we're not talking about the falling prices. We're talking about prices stagnating would cause the collapse of the system. Would you mind anything about London, for instance? Prices in London? Yeah? Prices in London have to go, keep going up for the system to survive. If there is a plateau, they're going to collapse. There's no stagnation allowed in this model. Not only they stopped growing, they actually started falling. All those ninjas who have got their loans, they started dropping the keys off at uh, the estate agents and dying off. So you have like entire entire cities that became entirely depopulated in the U.S. You know, newly built developments that nobody ever lived there. Like weird stuff. Like a lot of ghost towns created out of nowhere. Now, if this starts dropping, the value of the various financial assets that people have comes into question. Once this comes into question, kaboom. You, how do you know if you're solvent? As we said, your current uh, assets need to exceed your current liabilities. What is the value of your current assets? Nobody knows. September 2008, right? This thing happens. Everybody suddenly has a look at their uh, at their assets, uh, at their portfolios. That they think, oh, with all these things, they were all rated, uh, you know, triple A, like fresh meat from the um, uh, from the credit rating agencies. They must be good. All right, cool. But what's in them? Got, got no idea. So if you've got no idea, how do you know if it's valuable or not? Ah, okay. How do you know that the other guys' stuff have got any value on them? I don't know. Does anybody know anything? No. Where's the CEO? I don't know. I saw him getting on a plane. <laughs> All right. So this is what happened September 2008. The whole system shuts down because nobody knows if anybody's solvent. And the banks, the banks started collapsing. The collapse had already started from late 2007 in the mortgage corporations in the U.S., the people that gave the loans, right? Because they were the ones first to be hit by the defaults and the downgrades, and then it kept going up the chain. So this is the point that it is all uh, starting to fall apart. Credit crunch, 2008, the banks are not lending anybody anymore because they don't know if they've got any money to lend. Suddenly... Gordon Brown's perpetual orphan machine 
stop because if you, if you cannot borrow money, you cannot buy Chinese stuff. If you don't buy Chinese stuff, Chinese guys don't have money to buy financial products. Nobody knows how much the whole thing is worth anyway. No products are generated, no loans are generated here, so you cannot actually make uh, new products with anything. Kaboom! The US miscalculates the situation and lets Lehman Brothers go down. Everybody panics because they're thinking if a big important institution like Lehman Brothers is, uh, has gone down, then you know nobody's safe, right? And then they go around and start throwing money around to save all the big corporations. Very anti-capitalist thing of them to do because according to their own capitalist theories, they should have left the whole thing burned. Because you know, that's what happens in capitalism, creative destruction. The whole point of uh, insolvent corporations is that they die and then the assets got uh, rerouted to something that's more viable. But it didn't happen. Because when we tried this in the 19, 1929, what did we have afterwards? The Great Depression. So policymakers thought at the moment that if we let it burn, like the textbook says we should, then we're going to have 10 years of a Great Depression and maybe they're going to come and take away our Porsche Cayennes. So we don't want that. So they threw the money in the banking system, saved everybody. Here, you know, big successful banks like RBS that were um, bankrupt to death. Um, okay, so all of this is what happened in the markets. This is what caused the crisis then. We never recovered. Right? 2015, seven years after, the balance sheet of the banking sector has not recovered. The banks are still dead. Might explain why, you know, businesses are having trouble funding themselves and, you know, you guys have got trouble finding jobs and all of that. But... How does that sorry situation in the banking sector become actually a crisis that is now the sort of sovereign debt crisis that we're talking about in Europe? So, what did we have? Financial products gone bad, they take down the banks, the, you know, that's terrible. White House thinks this is not good. We tried it with Lehman Brothers, now the whole show is going to come off the rails. We have to save the banks by giving them money. Where are we going to get the money from? The banks. Wall Street, right? So, the government borrows the money from the markets and gives it back to the banks. The market looks at this and goes, oh no, now the government has a lot of debt. How are they ever going to cope? And what was the crisis in the financial system now becomes a crisis of sovereign debt. And at that point, everybody has a look around and thinks, whoa, look, debt. Uh, bad. U.S. has a lot of debt because it just saved everybody there that uh, was insolvent, including automakers, you know, all that stuff. Uh, look at these European countries. Look, look, these irresponsible guys in the South, the Italians and the Greeks and the Spanish and the Irish and all of these people, uh, the sky levels of sovereign debt. And not only they were bad before, some of them, the Irish, for instance, saved their banking sector, then they became even more indebted. The whole thing's gonna blow! Tide, right? So, the markets that led the money to the governments to save themselves. Now we're worried about the stability of the governments. This led to borrowing costs going up and up and up, and it led to all countries in the periphery of Europe going insolvent. Dead. 
This was a short history of the financial crisis. What it has resulted in is a landscape of death and devastation because everybody's dead. The financial system's dead, the banks are dead, the sovereigns are insolvent, everybody is dead. And of course, you would think, in a, in a seat of such economic disaster, what is the sensible thing to do? Because originally, you know, we threw money at the problem not to get in the situation that created the Great Depression, right? But when we arrived at the sovereign debt situation, what is the solution, ladies and gentlemen? Bring in George Osborne. Or <laughs> Squeeze it out of the poor people to save the financial system. Hey, hey. This is what happened. So now, not only you had insolvent financial system and insolvent sovereigns, but you created a debt spiral through austerity because you are squeezing people so much they don't have any money to spend no money uh, circulates in the market if there's a deflationary spiral it all goes down the toilet yes yeah this is where i'll leave it because this is where we are thank you thank you for